Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. We are back from HITS in uh, sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, there's a shitload of people here, like 1,200 people, I think. Yeah. yeah there's a lot. So, um, Ted and I, so this is Tuesday morning or well, Wednesday. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Wednesday, we taught this morning, had the big room. It was full. That was good. It was a good time. We had a lot of. A lot of uh, studs in that room, so I was pretty happy they came in to listen to us ramble on and talk shit. So, um, anyways, uh, with me as always, I'm Eric, by the way, if you don't know. With me as always is Ted. What's going on, buddy? Not a lot, man. We are, uh, it's it's nice to be back, because uh, everyone knows, like, hits last year was supposed to be in Scottsdale, and then we got roaned. So, uh, it's nice to be back and see everybody, and uh, there's definitely a lot of people here. Man, last night at the <laughs> at the booth, we were... <laughs> we were slammed. It was uh, it was pretty. It's it's pretty nice to see. The hotel's really nice. Uh, we got a pool. I haven't been in it. Probably not going to. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be doing several interviews while we're here and uploading. Uh, we're not going to be doing video for these because the closest room that we had to where the conference is uh, looks like a gel cell. So <laughs> it's uh, it's tiny. We're literally in a closet, so we're just going to make Tom Cruise jokes the entire week. Um, so yeah, today, uh, first interview today uh, with the guys from uh, Bellator K9. For those that follow us on social media with HRD, um, you'll recognize Billy. Uh, he was he instructed a, out at the uh, Johnson City, Tennessee one, and then helped me out at the... Uh, which conference was it? Blue Line? It was Blue Line. Yeah, it was Blue Line. Helped me. He co-instructed a Blue Line, too, because Eric got the got the fucking Rona mm-hmm. and uh, was in the hospital. So, uh, yeah, with that, we got uh, Billy and Brian. So, uh, Billy, why don't you start off and give us a little bit of your background, a little bit of your history. Yeah, um, I'm Billy Sawyer. Right now, I'm currently a supervisor for a, an agency in Colorado. Um, I run a canine unit. But prior to all that... Straight out of high school, went in the military, was in the Navy for four years, um, got out. At that time, I didn't want to be a cop, but came back and decided that uh, police work was the direction I was going to go. Um, got hired with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm back home now with my people. Um, did that, undercover narcotics for a couple years, and um, I don't know what drove me to Colorado, really. It was kind of an accident. I applied for one agency. I said, we'll see what happens. And then it happened. Just got hired. Went out there about 10 years ago um, and got on, got involved with Canine pretty quick. Started hanging out with Brian Hevelman with um, his agency and stuff and doing a lot of decoy work. And then eventually got into Canine. Um, I was on the SWAT team early on and then yeah, promoted. We're growing our unit. We're up to five dogs now. Adding two more, we'll be at seven next year, and seven fun. We uh, I saw um, Jacksonville uh, lady wearing a Jacksonville shirt uh, in the elevator today. That it's pretty busy there, right? Yeah, we're yeah, it's very busy. How big is their unit? I think they right now, which I think it's about the same that it was when I was there. I think they run it's anywhere from eighteen to twenty cool. patrol patrol dogs. Um, yeah, I actually worked with her. Um, back when I worked at the sheriff's office, so I've known her for a very long time. Yeah, she's in shape, by the way. Yeah, she will. <laughs> Better than me. She, like. she will smoke you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hits Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. 
all covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots and the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com. By now, you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, Quick Turn by Vet Care. It does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. Quick Derm by Vetcare on the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code 10WDR for 10% off your first order. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years, if you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. 
Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K number nine, training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. Cool, cool. Uh, we'll get de- a little bit deeper into it. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I'm uh, Brian Hempelman, also a supervisor in an agency in Colorado. Started uh, cop career in 94. Uh, shortly thereafter, joined the canine unit uh, back in 97. Started my canine career. Uh, became a trainer in 02 um, and just running up to four or five dogs on our unit. Um, Currently w- with the SWAT team as well. Um, yeah, I've been canine my pretty much my whole career, so I didn't really get to do anything else but uh, canine. So, so we're sitting around at the bar last night and other times that we've talked to uh, these guys and um, just telling kind of war stories and, and work stories. And I'm, I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm so surprised to see how busy you guys are with dogs biting finding dudes, chasing, running, gunning, all that, shootings all the time, it seems like, between the with guys. Um, why? Why is Colorado like that? Like, everybody I've talked to from agencies is like, yeah, we, we bite a lot of people. <laughs> well, I think uh, recently it's uh, some of the state legislature going on in Colorado. There's a decriminalization of a lot of, a lot of crimes that were normally felonies and things like that, and they've decriminalized those things, and... Uh, it's brought violence up in the current uh, feeling of law enforcement and things like that and how people feel about them in general. I wouldn't say that's a majority, but uh, the bad guys sure feel that way, and uh, that's brought a lot of violence to our neighborhoods. Billy, were you surprised from going from Jacksonville, coming there, you'd be like, yeah, it's probably pretty laid back, or no? Yeah, coming from a almost 2,000-man agency to, I'd say, like 100 and, you know, almost 200 I thought it was going to be Mayberry, and then, which it it is, it is to a point, but it's um, it's weird. We get we're actually kind of sister agencies. The size and stuff. He's a little bit closer to the uh, metro area, but we we definitely get our fair share of stuff, and not how I thought it was going to be when I got there. Not that I was running from work. I, I'm a worker, so. Yeah, I, just talking to you before. So I was out in. Uh, Colorado, doing a, we were doing a seminar at uh, 10th Group. Um, what was that? June? Uh, what's it, June? End of May. May, yeah. It, it was 85, 85, 90, and then two feet of snow. It was very weird. But Classic. <laughs> Freezing. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. So we spent some time together talking, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then I'm, there was a guy I met from a local agency. I think his dog got killed uh, recently and, and talking to him. And um, so, yeah, man, it. It, it, it's crazy to think about. Years ago, I got, um, so I have a lot of tattoos. And one of my tattoos was done by a guy who lived in Colorado for a while. And he said why he was living in Colorado it was the most violent state he ever lived in. And I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Right. But I guess uh, he said there's whole towns there of um, 
illegal people living there, and they just all kill each other. Yes. All the time. He said he saw, he saw a bunch of shit, like over pool tables and stuff, like murders. And, and, it, and I'm like, it's crazy, because, yeah, it's straight up from the border. Yep. Straight up. And then, straight yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I lived in Colorado for a while, worked for one of the sheriff's offices out there. And once you get outside of Denver or outside of the ski towns, it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty fucking Western, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, Billy and, and Brian, like one of the things at Bellator that you guys are known for that Eric and I always kind of mention um, is sort of like your integration and um, the tactical side of using the dogs. Um, for those that don't follow Billy on social media, like uh, it's pretty interesting watching him use the dog um, and how they implement it. And one of the things that I think you guys do really well that you're in a position to do that not a lot of people do is... You buy the dog green and you train it with the handler kind of like in service. So you guys came down and grabbed the dog from us, uh, Mr. Snappy, and uh, took him and he was green and he's working now. But talk a little bit about the benefits of that because right now, because you're, like you said, you're like a hundred man department because right now the, like the, the prevailing trend is people will buy a finished dog, send them to people like me or Eric, train them and then send them back to the unit. So, or send it back to the department. So talk a little bit about how that process works for you guys, how long it takes, and then the benefits of it. Because I can tell you what the cons are (laughs) are for not doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, You know, I kind of go back and forth on the way that we do it. Um, With Snap, I actually pre-trained him myself. I ran him for a while because I know you guys know this, but Snap's a lot of dog. Actually, everybody, everybody in here knows this. When I say a lot... Um, I know Ted's mentioned it a few times. You got some of those uh, prey monsters that if you if you tap the table and said Stellan, this dog will absolutely bite anything you told him to. Like, and, and it started that way. I tried to put him in a car just for exposure, like nothing, just for fun. And I'd tap him like, no, up, and he would just bite something. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so for for him, like I, I spent a lot of time with him myself because with a green handler and that much of a dog i didn't want there to be issues so we slowed things down um made him manageable and then then brought the handler on who actually does a phenomenal job with him for being a green handler with that much dog so he does a really good job they they actually have a very interesting relationship they still have a few conversations every now and then yep (laughs) because (laughs) snaps one of those dogs that he'll let you he'll if you correct him and he didn't understand why you were correcting him he gives you a look. If you do it twice, it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll go buy green dogs. Um, generally, I'll do a, at least a couple months of pre-training before I hand them to handlers, unless they're an experienced handler. Uh, we go through that, and then, then I run an in-house course, usually with Brian, and we put them through about eight weeks. The good part about that is, is I get them to a point where we always talk about certification standards, which I think, in my opinion, should be the lowest level. Yeah. So yeah. You, we, don't, we don't train for that. I get them to a certain point where I know they're going to pass cert, and then we prep them for the street, which is ex- very, very advanced. So when I know they'll certify, the good thing is, is we also get to deploy through the academy when, when they're certified. So if we get a dog call, now I get to go as a supervisor trainer and kind of not hover over them, but hover over them a little bit. They, they don't understand that decision-making process, make sure we're doing it the right way, get to you know go over case law, things like that, and, and make sure the dog's doing well also. And if we see an issue, we go right back to the drawing board and, and fix whatever it is, which is generally pretty pretty minimal at that point. But 
So my favorite thing is, is really that is setting them up that way and, and getting them the way that we like to, to use dogs, which, um, we talk about tactical stuff. Like it's very early on that we're showing them that they'll work for other cops. You know what I mean? Not, not always not going to bite a cop, but, but we mitigate that risk, you know? Yeah. Back, back home we were biting. It it happens a few times a year and they came to me. They're like, can you, can you please stop? I'm like, tell him to quit getting in the way. <laughs> Look, he's got a mouth. Don't step in front of him. Don't, don't yeah. put your fucking arm in his mouth. <laughs> so something you mentioned earlier, I was going to get Brian's opinion on this. A thing that drives me kind of nuts is this, um, well, you can't give that dog to a first-time handler. You can't give a Malinois to a first-time well, first handler. We want to get a German Shepherd. Why? Who's a first-time handler? You can't get a Malinois to a first-time handler. Um, it, absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yes. Uh, where do you fall on that, Brian? What, is, what do you uh, see from that? Uh, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, when we test dogs, we test for the best dog. We're looking for what's going to be good for our mission. You know, what, what we need in our city, what kind of deployments we're going to have, and that's what we look for. That's what we test for. And if it's a high-speed uh, mouth, then the handler's going to get a, a high-speed mouth. So we definitely look for the best dog overall, period. Yeah. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, and that, the, I think that's a um, either – Poor training, a guy doesn't have confidence in his training, or just some regurgitated crap. Yes. From years and years. Like I have a I have a dog in my kennel now that was returned to me. Just they the agency created a lot of conflict and he bit the handler. Right. So they returned him to me. Not a problem. He's not a problem. But and I he's one of those dogs that I'm not worried about giving him to a first time handler, but it's gotta be an athletic guy who can except because everything the dog does is a thousand miles an hour everything like going from a down flipping into heel is so fast and so exaggerated and ridiculous that if the guy you know you start getting scared they start flinching and then there's a progression how that shit works yep. with dogs start start flinching on you yep. he i let him out at the kennel and uh he's off leash he goes to the bathroom and he runs back at me full speed <laughs> right at me and i'm like what are we doing and he'll zoom, zap, drive by real fast or He'll come in and blast me in the chest and flip into the heel position. But if you're like a, I don't know, maybe a less athletic or a slower person, that'll freak you out. So I don't have a problem sending him to a place for a green handler. It's just probably got to be the right guy. Yeah, the right guy. And, uh, you know, that dog can carry that kid. You know, know, through some tough times. Keep him up. (laughs) Just let him go. Yeah, we... I don't like that. I'd rather get rid of a handler than a dog. If we have the right dog and they can't keep up, I'd rather I'd rather send them on their way. I mean, we're going to do everything we can to make them successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the dogs we recently purchased, he's he's a little he's a lot Malinois, and he every once in a while gives like turns. He's very very easy though. He's not he's not hammering them, but he just barks and sometimes he barks sideways. Clack maybe. Yep, and yeah. and sometimes he'll catch his leg just a little bit. And, it, and I saw him getting nervous, so I was like, "Give me the leash." And it's funny because then I do it, and I was like, "I don't think he's gonna bite you." And he turned around and, and bit me, and I was like, <laughs> "And I said okay." And but I just gave him a quick correction, and then I didn't beat him up, didn't hurt the dog. I just gave him a correction. No, we're not doing that. And then I immediately gave him something to do. I was like, "Let's go." That way he he turned his brain into. Okay, that obviously didn't work, but we're still having fun. We're working. There's no conflict. We moved on because dogs don't hold grudges. Yeah, people dog. do. People do. Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah, the dog. A dog like that. Um, you got to be. 
conflict free. If you start building conflict, he's just going to take relieve yep. that pressure with his mouth. <laughs> that's really yeah. And that's what happened with this this uh, dog Lucky that I have. So what we're going to talk about is when I was out in Colorado, um, Billy and I were working this seminar together and uh, with the 10th group guys and some big army dudes. And um, we put a scenario together for the big army guys. And it's one that I knew would get them every time. They had to search the building by themselves. It was a, um, a residence kind of makeshift re- residence. We had a target downstairs, told them the street people, target downstairs. We had one of the 10th group guys hiding in a cage, basically, upstairs. And then we had a decoy. So they send the dog. And the easiest trick is the, he goes up, sees the decoy, and bites him. They hear it. And then the handler always breaks tactical protocol every time. They'll they just move past. So when they were moving past the room where the where the Green Bray dude was in, he just shot him with with marking <laughs> rounds. And um, there's got to be some sort of punishment for it. But it's an easy trick way to do it. So, but when we were done, I was just kind of facilitating that, getting that going. And um, Billy and the one of the tenth group guys were doing the debrief for guys on their tactics. And um, I was impressed that uh, the tenth group guys would defer to you on some stuff. These are CQB experts, right? And they, you were saying the exact same thing that they do. And I'm like, yeah, you can tell this guy does it, you know, a lot. I've been out of SWAT for, that was 14 and a half years. Our tactics in the beginning part of my time on SWAT were horrible. First and greatest threat. Just, we would go into the, because we were doing a raid a week, go in, just run at the first guy. Never even looked in corners. <laughs> there was no slow. Everything was full speed all the time. Dynamic everything. Yeah, everything. Everything. I remember for two Hold, or three years. Holding glocks at people's backs saying, yeah. don't shoot me. <laughs> for, for two or three years, me, I bro. was the first guy upstairs on every house. And it was, we'd hit the door, guy go this way, this way, this way. And I'm just bolting full speed <laughs> to up the fucking, I'm like, I'm going to die. Steps. Because <laughs> every house in Ohio, it's a turn. It's a steps up and then a turn up. So then we'll just take the shield. Okay, that helps. Um, so, uh, what? How often are you guys working dogs? Because we're, we're going to talk to SWAT integration, which is a tricky subject, because uh, what would you say? Ninety-five percent of the teams in this country are part-time teams. Yeah, yep. they train a couple times a month. Integrating your dog with a team can be super tricky. And like, when, super tricky. And when you answer this for both of you, you know, and for the guys listening to this that may be dual like as you're on a, a part-time team but you're also a canine handler <clears throat> and you know we get pushback a lot and so i kind of want you guys to answer the question and if you're listening to this forward this to guys that you work with of why you need the dog <laughs> and kind of advocate why because that's that's the main pushback i get all the time that we get all the time we don't need the dog we don't need the dog and it's because dudes don't know what they don't know oh yeah we so, it's interesting because um, I was actually fortunate enough to work for Jacksonville Sheriff's Office there. It's a tier one agency, right, in Florida. Florida's got 26 million people. Um, they get a lot of money. They have a lot of equipment. They get a lot of training. Um, the narcotics team that I was on is actually a tactical team, and we served a lot of warrants, uh, probably more than the SWAT team did. Like, now, with that being said, we were trained by them more than most SWAT teams are trained around the country. And then we – if it was – too crazy. They obviously took the, like, they're the tactical experts. So we backed off. Um, and then when I came out to Colorado, I wasn't sure what, what to expect, but um, I jumped on our team pretty early on and they're, they're way ahead of, way ahead of the ball. 
um, or ahead of the curve on things as far as tactics. So, so we, we were never really doing like the, the kind of crazy, you know what I mean? We, we slowed things down and, and it was all about life priority schedules, things like that. But when it comes to the dog thing, when I first got there, we wouldn't use a dog. It, we would not use a dog. We would eventually put bodies in there and not every call is a dog call, but if you're going in there and you think it's dangerous, we're now we'll put paws before boots 100% of the time because I'd rather go and bury my dog than bury a friend. And if you've ever been to a friend's funeral, it's not fun, yeah, right? It's horrible. it's horrible. And what, you know, and I've been to, I've been to a couple, it's not fun. So, um, so it took a little bit of time. Once I, once I became canine, they quickly wanted to use the dog. Um, honestly, there was, I messed up a little bit and pushing that integration stuff. And Brian helped me out a lot. And my dog was, you know, he tagged a couple operators and they were like, all right, we got to put them on a six month break. And I was like, they don't learn <laughs> by taking, <laughs> like, they're not like us. They can't, you can't put them in a corner and say, this is what you did wrong. So I was like, well, this is stupid. So I'm just going to work on it for those six months. And when I come back, they'll think that the six month break worked. Really, all I did was fix it yeah. with us. So we did that. Um, and the way that we operate, he went to a class um, with some military guys that, um, you know, from various groups around the country and the way that they operate, I was like, well, this is what's going to sell it to my team. And I think, honestly, I think every dog can do it. Now, not every dog's going to be great at a SWAT team. I mean, there's dogs out there shouldn't be even on the street mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And we've all seen that. So, um, so the way that we operate in them, and I know you've seen some of my videos is, is the whole team runs a dog. Once I make a decision to cut, cut the leash off, I send the first, you know, revere, find them, tell them whatever command you're going to use. And then, then we go, if, if we're going to go, we don't always run behind the dog, but once we start going in, it's the whole team operates the dog and they'll send them into rooms, do everything else. And we almost, almost never have dog bites on team members no. anymore, ever. Yeah. So, well, along with that, it's the it's the exposure to everything that they would run into on a SWAT deployment, right? It's flashbangs, gas, uh, handlers and masks, guys and masks, group movement, things like that. So it's exposure to those individually, but it's also exposed to them in a search kind of real incident deal. So that's what's really helped us out a lot. Yeah, you know, guys wanna. Like I want the dog to be, you know, the first dog, first through the door. He'll go left, I'll go right, and we're and all the guys are gonna move. Well, that's great, but you train once a month, you know, and you, you just don't get to do a lot of that stuff at a minimum. So when my entire fourteen and a half years, I had four dogs when I was on SWAT, and there was several other handlers on there. We never ever used the dog ever. And Ohio has basements. I was always like, why are we going? To, I always figured I'm gonna get shot in the legs on those damn basements. Um, I hate it. I would like literally take a breath and run full speed down yeah. to the basement. And, you know, it was so stupid. And that's where a lot of the people were hiding. Now, I, and I understood their concept of if we're doing a drug search warrant, you can't just let the dog go down in the basement and bite somebody. It might be just an innocent person who's sleeping downstairs, whatever. I get that. But when we started getting into more and more uh, barricade subjects, high-risk warrant service things, at a minimum, use the dog for the basement, and teams aren't doing it. And I, I think there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable with it, probably because maybe they get bit. What do you guys see as, for a part-time team, the best utilization of a dog who's on the team? Honestly, I think it's. I really think it's the way that we're doing it. Um, the The problem is, is 
people, like you just said, people don't know what they don't know. And if you don't know how to prep that correctly, then you're going to set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's got, they get, they have a monster of a dog, their new dog. And he just ran them. We, we taught a class last week and he just ran them in the middle of that class. Flashbangs, explosive breach. And when I say this, this dog is He's, redirect from he's gonna nuke somebody. Team member. Oh, he uh, ran out the back door. Ran out the, the back door. And, team switched him, put him back in. Um, so, and we're a part-time team, so we're yeah. just like that. But that's just consistency through Wednesday training with with canine guys, and then every SWAT time we're out there training with those guys, and we're incorporating team movement and exposure to whatever environments we think we can run into. Yeah. So when you're um. So say I got a kick-ass, I'm on your unit, and I got a really good street dog. Like he's doing really good. What would you look for in evaluating him to see, let's say if he'd work with the team real good. Uh, would there be a, a time that a, a real good street dog just wouldn't make it as a swat dog? I don't think so. No. I, th- I think the way that we're showing him, I mean, you should see we had 11 dogs. so easy, yeah. We had 11 dogs um, in the class last week, and um, all of them. By day two, we're getting directions from from everybody and just running in and out of legs. I mean, my dog is probably that dog that it, it scares people. Um, the one that I'm about to retire, and we just had a we had a call and they got stuck on a set of stairs with six or seven operators, and he's like trying to get back to me because I'm trying to recall him because I'm like there's not enough room for all of that up there. So um, he had already searched it, so I recalled him, and he's bumping into their legs and getting frustrated trying to come back. And nothing, absolutely nothing. And he is, he's sharp. He will, yeah. he'll hammer you. For so. us, it's just, get, it's just getting that picture for the dog quick, whatever dog it is. As long as he's, he's you know, a killer, you know, good uh, biter and solid uh, environmentally, it's showing the picture. And it's not only dad can bring you to the promised land, it's also this guy on the team, this guy on the team, this guy on the team can all bring you to the promised land. So we just show that picture clear and quick, and it just it goes smooth. One of my biggest complaints when I was on the job was we we wouldn't – so if I was on, when I was on the shift, even before I had a dog, I was just Joe Schmo shift guy. We would search like five houses at night, you know what I mean, regular shift guys. So us, if there was a couple of SWAT guys in there, we would go, and we had really adapted our, and changed our tactics and got way better at it. But they wouldn't teach the patrol guys. They're like almost like they're too dumb. They can't handle this. They thing. can't keep up and, with this. Know, and... Which is stupid. Yeah. They're searching more houses than you are. Hundred percent. Do you do anything with your regular shift dogs? Like kind of a little bit of what we're doing. Maybe not a full full SWAT thing, but how how to work that dog? Maybe. Yes. Yes. They're all trained uh, just like the SWAT guys are. So they can they can push uh, a dog into a room if they're up. Uh, you know, we, we give a safe command if the dog handler's not around, that the dog comes up on them, that, that they know, uh, that they can call out and then redirect the dog. So, uh, yeah, patrol knows how to do that. Cause like I said, we're, we're with them more so than SWAT on, on building searches and things. And I, I don't think we should do it. It should be, you should be doing it the same, whether it's SWAT or patrol, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Because if you're going to do it safely, do it safely. Why, why put yourself out there and try to change things up? Everybody on the department should be trained the same. I get SWAT has more tools. You know what I mean? Things yeah. at their disposal, more bodies generally, but... Ted, does, is Oklahoma a basement? They got basements in Oklahoma? No, we just have trailer homes with a bunch of shit under them. Yeah. <laughs> they got that perfect. We bite the shit out of people under trailers yeah. and under decks. We bite people under decks, under boats also, like, in yeah. the wintertime. I'm sure up there, too, like, people hide under pontoon boats. Yeah, yeah that's... They hide under <laughs> kiddie pools. Yeah, that also. <laughs> that's universal. That's, that's nationwide. A, yeah, that's everywhere. 
So yeah. like one of the things um, I've got a couple of young handlers that are SWAT guys and they're young, they're motivated. They got really young dogs that are really driven and, um, and they're even on like even part-time, part-time teams. Right. So small. And it's kind of like what you guys are saying. Um, they go to these large squat SWAT schools, either put on by the feds or put on by large state agencies and they go back. So they have a department of 15 deputies total. And, you know, four of them have gone through SWAT. They don't have a dedicated team, but um, they definitely use the small unit tactics. And I start those kids out running long lines, just doing simple building searches with long lines and letting them get used to running the dog and letting the other guys there that work on the same shift with him or with them, depending on which department I'm talking about, uh, get used to working the dog that direction before they start taking, because everybody wants to do fucking off-leash bullshit. And you got to remind them, I'm like, I get it. Look, you're not going to breach and fill. You're going to breach and hold and use the fucking dog to find somebody. You're not going to blow the door off something and fucking run in there. You're just not. And it's not hostage rescue. Yeah, me exactly. And if it is, you're not using the fucking dog. So, um, and I kind of remind them, I'm like, you know, and that's, that's when they will have the most success, I think. And that's usually the time when, uh, I have to sell the idea to larger units or guys that aren't used to working with dogs. I'm like, okay, well watch this. We have an unknown number of people in the building and an unknown layout or a known layout with an unknown number of people. And how long is it going to take you to clear the building? And they're like, Oh, and they do it. And then we run the dog. And I mean, it's minutes faster and extremely much safer. And, and so especially clearing stairwells, that's one that really sells it too. When you've got a switchback stairwell, I'm like, put his ass on a long line, send him up and down him on that, on that, on that landing and watch his ears and watch his eyes. And the operators look at me and I'm like, watch him, like watch his eyes, eyes, ears, and nose. Watch what he does. If he sees something, you're going to know. And all of a sudden they're like, fuck, it's like a remote control camera. I'm like, (laughs) sort of like, yeah. So all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, okay. That's, you know, so, and like I said, I don't, I think they don't understand what they don't understand. And, and like Eric says, the 50 mile rule, like they got to hear from somebody else is not the handler. (laughs) (laughs) They got to hear from somebody else that's more than 50 miles away. Like you could say the exact same thing, but if I say it, they're like, that's a great idea. You're like, thanks Dick. Yeah. So the the local trainer looks at everybody like you sons. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I go see Anthony Moore over in Oklahoma city, it's the same thing. Like I'll say the same thing. And he's like, I told these motherfuckers that all the time. I'm like, what? All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland canine training. They are, Great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, The course can be taken at your convenience, And you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, They're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. 
Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The Dogtra guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily, whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free, 1900S hands-free. And then I use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols. So hit them up at Dogtra Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then you've got Dogtra.com. And when you go there, if you use the discount code WDR, one zero they give you 10 percent off a single item over 200 bucks so if you're looking at a 1900 s or that ball popper pro or one of those things it'll knock a substantial chunk off there so hit them up doctor.com wdr10 so everybody knows that ted and i uh not only train police dogs we train pet dogs right we train dogs so it's why our relationship with Ray Allen manufacturing is so important. They've, these guys have been doing this so long. They knew and they understand that dogs are dogs and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So you go to rayallen.com. They have everything dog related that you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So if you're ordering stuff for police dogs and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one, man. They ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code working dog radio, all capital letters, working dog radio for 10% off. Check them out. RayAllen.com. Great people. Ted and I use them every day. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so if you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a 
suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALMK9equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check him out, ALMK9equipment.com, and use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, and it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around and everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. <laughs> so before we get into Bellator real quick, we talked last night about um, getting drones and using drones and stuff with your SWAT team, which I think is should be used by everybody instead of great. Yeah. It's an underused. Talk about, both of you, the success you've had, how you're kind of doing it. Um, as far as um, actual deployments or... Yeah. So we'll, we'll search a house with a drone before a robot, I'd say like 99% of the time now because robots, a pair of panties will down a robot in a heartbeat, mm. right? Um, we always get those things stuck. And if you've ever seen the big ones, like you can't, you can't move it. So if it gets stuck in the doorway... Now you just took away an entry point from the house. So um, they That's still a have a cool trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still have their place, but they're, so the drones are awesome. I mean, they go down, we have extras. Um, but I'll give you an example. We had one um, in an agent. We assist other SWAT teams around us. So we went down, assisted another SWAT team, this guy shooting at um, one of the Bearcats. And he's downstairs hiding under a blanket, pointing the gun at, at anybody who comes down the stairs. He's already shot at us. Right. So what do you think his intention is? Doesn't matter if it's the dog, if it's the whatever drone goes down there and finds him holding the shotgun, hiding under a blanket. I mean, we dropped seven tri chambers of CS in there. The neighborhood was gassed, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and it did absolutely nothing to him. Nothing. He didn't, he didn't sneeze. He didn't blink. He didn't care. So that told us where he was, which then turned around and changed our tactics. So, um, but generally the way that we will do it is like our team leader, canine guy, point guy, and the drone operator, we, we're obviously behind cover. Um, so we're near, near the Bearcat, wherever we're at, send the drone in. 
he searches for a person, comes back out, says, all right, I didn't find anybody, or I did, this is where I think they're at, or this is where they were. And then we turn around and send them back in. We watch the entire layout of the house so we know which direction to go in the residence that we think is going to be more productive as far as finding the body that we're looking for um, and safer, right? Uh-huh. And then if he, right before we go, we decide to move up, then we'll, we'll down the drone and just keep it as a camera. So he just parks it and watches the feed as we make entry. And if he sees anything, he just lets us know. So then dog goes in, does a search. Um, when we comfortable that the dog didn't find anybody, then I recall the dog. We go back in, I send him in again. And that's when the dog is, is running with the team the whole time. Okay. So, yeah, it's some, we're finding more and more departments using still not enough. Do you guys, Brian, at your place? Use yeah, that? we're, we're not in depth as, uh, as Billy's, uh, department is as far as internal, we're working on that stuff. We do use them outside as an mm-hmm. overwatch or, or, uh, like if we're on a track or something like that, we'll get a drone shoot up ahead of us. Uh, it's good on two things: is hey, maybe you maybe you find the bad guy, or hey, there's a guy out smoking a cigarette, you know, in yeah, his backyard. Right. So hey, heads up. So <laughs> don't, don't send the dog in that. Yeah, area. don't go in that one. So <laughs> don't go left. There. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're we're still implementing our program as far as uh, drones, but I think they're they're, they're amazing. They're good. Yeah, good I, tools. I, I'd like to see more of it. Um, so let's talk about Bellator. Uh, how'd that come about, and what are you guys doing? Um, really I think we just wanted to bring something to the table that I think is lacking in in the industry which a lot of it is tactics we watch every day I watch videos getting posted um, unlike the one that was recently posted by one of the Florida guys uh, Deputy Bats Mm -hmm. ran up used cover right he did things in my opinion the right way but oh yeah yeah, I used that video in the presentation this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was fucking he did, clean. Yeah. He did absolutely phenomenal in that situation, right? Bail yeah. out from a car after a vehicle pursuit, sends a dog, dog apprends him in the backyard a couple houses away, and, and he uses cover, slows down, which allows you to breathe and think and look around, get rid of the tunnel vision. Um, but people aren't doing that. They're, ch- they're chasing the butthole of their dog all the way, and I think we're lucky that we don't have more cops killed because mm-hmm. if we, if we had those true less than one percenters, then we'd have a handler shot in the face almost every day. Like that's, that's how stupid we have been in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to kind of change that, um, try to help get that out. But it's funny because people don't believe, you know, some of the things that can be done, but, um, we've worked together for a while. I've reached out to him. He's a, Brian's a wealth of knowledge and, um, he's also one of the guys he just told you, he kind of dated himself with how long he's been in canine and mm-hmm. how many dogs he's ran. But he's also one of the guys that doesn't like, he's not afraid to change. So if he hears new things, like I come, I'm like, Hey, we're going to try this with the dogs. And usually we try it with mine first. Cause if we're going to screw up a dog. I'll, I'll just <laughs> fix it. Right. And, uh, and he's like, all right. And he's always willing to, to evolve as opposed to, being stuck, well, this is the way I've done it for the last 30 years and, you know, that whole mentality. So, I do think, like for me, I was on SWAT, a million entries in the houses, but the tactics are even different than the great tactics we had when I left. They got even better. So when people reach out to me about training their SWAT dog and stuff, I I would always just refer them to somebody who's currently doing it, probably a little bit more refreshed than I am. And um, so you guys traveling around and doing things, you're offering stuff like that? Yeah, we'd love, uh, if anyone wants a, a integration course, we're more than willing to come out and, and do a class. And uh, 
reasonably a week and some good venues we're looking for. We're big on exposure, like I said earlier. It's uh, we're going to expose your dog to you know like flashbangs, drones, crawl spaces, uh, tunnels, all that kind of stuff. You know, just the stuff you don't think you're ever going to run into, but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna find it. So uh, that's a big thing for us. And then it's incorporating it all together. So it's it's all right. Now you're gonna you're gonna do a search uh, with a team, and the team's gonna push you around under gas, and then you're gonna have a flashbang and, th- and things like that. So it's just gonna incorporate everything through the whole week. That's great. I'm, I'm gonna have to have you guys come to the fun house this fall, maybe, and do something because then we could probably still go to over to Alliance and use the live fire shoot house and just kind of mix it up a little bit. And you can see the gravestone in the basement. Yeah, there is a grave in the basement. <laughs> he has a fucking gravestone. There's in there. a, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, it's creepy. Yes, fifty-seven or some shit. I would never get rid of that. Yeah, you go. No, it's, no, it's, it's there's there. a body there. Well, <laughs> I mean, the woman's buried in the building somewhere. No kidding. Yeah, they uh, pass they, at least one. Yeah. At least one. Yeah, at least one. <laughs> and it's so. And the, and the funny thing is that basement that he's talking about is dark enough that you can do nods during the day. Yeah, the, yeah, the whole place is like that. Just pretty dark. good. No, if you don't have mine, fucking run around water and walking to walls. <laughs> yeah. like, I've been up there walking around in the daytime. So, yeah. how do people get a hold of you? They want to talk to you about coming out, maybe. Um, well, we obviously on Instagram and Facebook. We're working on a website right now, um, but. The Instagram is Bellator underscore K9 and then letter Bell- K number nine uh, and then Bellator K9 on Facebook as well. You can reach out to us on that on Messenger, things like that. Uh, we give our phone numbers to anybody, too. So they anybody wants to reach out, they shoot us a message. They'll be able to ask us questions. And but it's, it's funny because there's a lot of people who they don't really believe like they see some of the videos and stuff. So I had one guy actually from here. He's like, hey. I, I think that the only reason why your dog didn't bite those SWAT guys is because there's a, he knows there's a bite suit at the end. So it's like, okay. So I sent him a real video. Well, what happened here? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. yeah. You know, he found a guy here with no bite suit. So I thought you were about to say the only reason he wouldn't didn't bite anybody is because he wouldn't bite anybody. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I wish we had cam- I wish we had a camera right now so you could see my face. But I was like, oh. And when you started saying that, I was like, oh, where's this going? And <laughs> I was like, oh okay. <laughs> right, cool, man. I'm really glad we get, got you guys in. Yeah, uh, keep up the great work. Uh, the 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 work and the dogs that always will rise to the top. Like, it'll always show itself. The, the, um, the bullshit artists. Um, I wish people would stay in their lane, you know? Like me, I'm not doing the tactical integration class because I'm not good at it anymore. So people stay in your lane. Don't try to make a buck. Let the experts that do it, do it. So I, I really appreciate you guys coming in, man. Thanks for the shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Look good. Hell yeah, I got I one do. too. <laughs> appreciate appreciate yeah. the little call out this morning. Yeah, that was yeah, a good. That was a good course, by the way. Yeah, great course. Good, thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. it. So it's Justin's too. Yeah, it's, I like Justin. Oh yeah. yeah, and oh, so I'm sure Justin will see this, but he saw. I don't know if he saw the Instagram post. I went and videoed him, had the little hearts all over it. <laughs> <laughs> while he's sitting there talking, yeah, yeah. and then I was like, I'm gonna sit in here and count bros. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Thanks for coming in. I really thank you guys. You guys. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Yes, sir. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.